In this episode, we have a real treat, having a conversation with Gorpreet Tind, where he will share with us not only how he's been successful at merging real estate and finance, but also how having a lifelong focus and dedication on personal development is paying off. You are listening to the Unstoppable Leaders Podcast, the show dedicated to leaders who want to achieve more, do more, become more, and those that are looking for an unfair advantage in all that they do. Each episode will be an interview or a message to unleash the unstoppable leader within you and help you get a slight edge. Leaders are always growing, and this show will be your secret weapon to level up the next stage of your business and life. Your host, a performance excellence expert with LMI Canada, who works with leaders and organizations to realize more of their potential. I give you George Gamboa. This is Jorge Gamboa or George, and welcome to another episode. Today on our podcast, we have the honor of having Corporate Tint. Welcome, Corporate. Uh, thank you, Jorge, for having me. So you are an entrepreneur. You're growing an organization. Uh, you've been very busy uh, and you're staying very focused uh, in, in your life these days. Yes. Can you tell us a, a little bit about how you got started? Because I noticed that you started in finance. How was your life and how, how did you decide to go in that direction? So I... um I went to school for economics and business, uh, Wilfrid Laurier. I just always uh, was attracted to the business world in some capacity. So I was good with numbers. I liked that um, you could make decisions on based on data and, and uh, research and that kind of thing. And I like the... Um, you know, the, the black and white of that um, versus um, some gray area. And I also liked that there was some uncertainty in terms of, you know, do you pick the right stock or right bond and how is it going to do? Because the metrics would tell you one thing. Um, but as we know, uh, a huge driver for returns, uh, a lot of it is is the uh, people component, the consumer itself. So, um you know, I um, I went to school. I thought coming out, I would be working on Bay Street forever as a portfolio manager. And, um, you know, my first experience was, uh, was not how I expected. Um, I didn't start at the top like I did, uh, like I th- thought coming out of school, like most, most students do. Uh, I had to pay my dues. And uh, I realized very quickly that you're constantly learning uh you have to be upgrading courses uh really focused on what's happening in the industry so i learned early on that um time management was going to be a big skill and organization and i and i applied myself to to um taking those courses um industry specific to to help get me up to speed and and constantly uh doing something new I ended up in performance and risk analytics uh, with a small mutual fund company, and it essentially was in a similar role for TD uh, asset management and then Omer's pension 
were my big ones um, on my resume. I was basically responsible for giving the report card to the managers of the mutual fund or, or the pension plan. And I was quite good at it. The one thing I did learn was I was very good at seeing the big picture, how everything fit together to see how everything worked, um, which I enjoyed. And that allowed me to expand from just dealing with numbers to developing relationships and dealing with people in client service and um, developing relationships with the portfolio managers directly. And, you know, how the data we had could be interpreted two different ways based on whether my end user was internal or external. Um, and then how the um, the actual story uh, would relate to those numbers. So I got quite good at that. And, you know, I was good at my job, but as good as I was, I was I could never pick a stock or bond. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was probably just as good just throwing a dartboard at at, um, at at a list of stocks and picking them that way. So the one thing I was really good at was taking that analytical uh, background for that data and applying it to real estate. And I loved real estate. I don't know if it was um, a cultural thing. You know, we're always taught, always buy, don't rent. You know, real estate is physical. You can touch it. You can see it. So my wife and I, you know, going back for 15 years now, we uh, when we got married, our first inclination was let's buy something. And uh, it didn't matter that we didn't have, you know, 20% down. We bought with the minimum. We got into the market. But I used that finance background to really isolate what I thought was a what we would call an up-and-coming area, so an area that was going to give us some some good gains. And we did that our first year. Two years in, we bought an investment property where I leveraged my finance background to help us refinance and said, hey, we don't have to get rid of this asset. We can leverage it to buy another asset. And then we, you know, we, we moved out of the first one, rented that out, moved into the second, lived in that one for a couple of years and did the same thing to buy a third one. And at that point, I was doing quite well in, in finance as well. I had, I had moved up and, you know, I was making a good salary. I had great vacation, and, but I was working a lot of hours. So be before we continue, I, I think you mentioned something very important. In the first few years, you learned the importance of time management. Yes. And also, you have that skill uh, that you just had of seeing the big picture. But I think what made a big difference was uh, development, de developing those relationships with other people, communicating effectively with others, whether they were in your circle and outside. Yes, definitely. Definitely did. Um, and the interesting thing about that is growing up, I was quite the introvert. I was the shy kid in high school. I used to, I couldn't look people in the eye when I was talking to them. I was that shy. You know, I was looking on the, at the ground when I was talking to people. And I think me coming out of my shell was a result of um, preparing myself, number one. Um, by doing that research, taking the courses and educating myself 
Um, so I had that confidence when I did speak to things, I knew what I was speaking about. And two, I was blessed to have some very good managers along the way who pulled that part of my, my personality. I mean, it was still there, but they really helped pull it out and groom it and, and gave me the, uh, the praise that I needed to, to bring that side of my personality out um, and really help me develop it. They allowed me to fail, which I didn't think was a good thing until I spoke to the right people. And they said, no, failure helps you grow as long as you push forward. Um, you know, uh, we've all heard the two steps forward, one step back. And if you look at that saying the wrong way, you think, well, that's, that doesn't work. But you're still moving forward. You're still taking two forward and one back. So you're still up one. So as long as you keep pushing forward, you know, you're going to keep moving um, in the right direction. So, you know, I, I got to a point where I felt like I hit a ceiling in, in finance. I knew I wasn't going to be a senior level executive in the bank or, or whatnot. It just, you know, I was very pragmatic and realistic about, about where I was, uh, where I was in terms of age and, and all that kind of thing. And I really just loved real estate. I, I, I found I was giving advice to family and friends who were looking to, to buy, who wanted to duplicate what my wife and I had done in terms of building a real estate portfolio. And so I said, you know what, I'm just going to do my courses. So while I was working my 60, 70 hour work weeks in finance, I started doing my real estate courses. And I think at the end of the day, what I really wanted was to buy back my time. You know, we were looking to start a family. I didn't want to work 60 hours anymore. So real estate allowed me that flexibility to, to make the money I wanted for the lifestyle that we had created without having putting put in the um the hours necessary um or a better ROI I guess is the, is the way to put it and that was about 8 years ago that I got licensed and I haven't looked back so l let me dig a, a little deeper here sure because this is uh, very important so you're working 70 uh, 70 80 hours a week on finance you're doing well you are successful in that area but, but you know you're you're not going to go a lot higher in that company. You know you you were able to identify real estate is a passion of yours. Yeah. How long or, or how did you put that game plan to 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 go in deep into real estate uh, and change your life to get more more time? What was your decision process along the way? Um, obviously it was a decision that I incorporated my, my wife, uh, with, because, um, you know, I had a, a six figure salary on Bay street. I was going to give that up for a hundred percent commission job, sales job. And so we sat down and we talked about, you know, what I was passionate about and, and I was getting a little bit unhappy on Bay street. It, uh, the work wasn't satisfying. I was good at it, but I felt like I was on autopilot, which, um, you know, for lack of a better term, I was just bored. Um, so we, uh, we looked at it as a, a one-year uh, exit strategy uh, from Bay Street. So we said, okay, you know, let's give it a year, finish the courses, 
let's set up a, a game plan for real estate. Um, you know, we, ha- we were lucky to, to have a large circle of family and friends to lean on um, who could get me rolling in real estate. And then it was finding the right uh, brokerage, getting the right training again, because I was entering a new industry, even though I had some transferable skills. And it was very different. I was going to be in a, a sales environment versus a, a middle or back office environment. So that was very different. Um, and then it was just setting aside a little bit of money as a uh, cushion every month. Uh, we had decided, you know, my year-end bonus would be the bulk of that cushion while I transitioned full-time. Um, and quite frankly, Jorge, I, got, I lucked out. I, I ended up getting downsized at the end of 2013 um, just because of a reorganization at the company I was at the, with at the time. And they paid me out my bonus and a couple of months uh, salary. And um, I was probably the only person <laughs> sitting with HR that day who actually had a smile on his face. Everything aligned. Everything just kind of, I think because I put the uh, message out there into the world, it was given back to me, you know, so. So uh, let's take that picture in time. Uh, you've been working, uh, getting your game plan. You have your real estate agent uh, license. Yep. Um, you get a downsize, which is a great gift to, to kind of tell you, the universe is telling you, you're on the right path. You can do this. Now you're going to be facing a very big challenge personally, right? Because in order to, you're going to be a sales agent. Yep. And that's a very different type of behavior and activities than what you used to do. So how did you overcome the challenges uh, from being uh, in the back office where you talk to computers and some of your clients and, and people every now and then to actually being out there selling? So uh, I still approached it as um, very much almost like a nine to five. And so what I did was, the f- obviously, the first thing I did was time block or time manage. Um, I set a schedule. So, you know, I still got up like I was going to get up and go to work um, on Bay Street. And I started by leaning in on my strengths, which was the research and the analytics. So I would start my day by seeing what was going on into the morning, reading about what was happening with Anything that would impact the real estate market, be it interest rates, um, you know, economic um, prosperity or or um, recessions and that kind of things, uh, what was happening globally and how that impacted us locally, that got me going at the start of the day because I was leaning on what I was used to, and then I was leaning on uh, my very first brokerage was, uh, you know, Remax, um, big brand worldwide recognition good training program it was the reason that i chose them and i thought the brand would really help me and and then i dove into the the training that they offered but i didn't get the support that i needed with them and so i felt like something was lacking and and so i went searching um for for somebody else and we found a small um upstart brokerage very tech focused they were um very analytical you know, they were generating leads through a website and helping use those leads to help feed their agents. So 
it kind of was the perfect marriage for me in terms of leaning on my analytical side. It was very tech savvy, which I thought the industry was moving towards anyways, which was great. And um, I really got a lot more support because we were, we were quite small. We were about 15 agents at the time. Uh, so I got to lean on some of the senior agents, um, really had some mentorship, um, some great coaches. And, um, you know, life loves to throw us curveballs. While I was transitioning to this, we found out we were having our first uh, child. And um, that naturally created some fear because I was like, do I jump back into Bay Street now? Now I've got to worry about another potential little human being. Do I, or do I push forward on this path and, and see where it would take me? And I was blessed to, um, again, have great support at home. So my wife and I sat down. We said, no, we have a plan here. We're good. Let's push forward. You can always jump back. But we can't look at that safety net. So, so life got real. Life got real. And uh, just to, to get a better picture, uh, was your wife working as well at the time? Or she was, she was. But we knew, um, you know, in sh in nine short months, she would be on maternity leave, and her salary would also be impacted based on that. Um, And I would be full 100% commission. If I didn't sell, I, you know, I didn't make. So the pressure is on. That was the pressure, but it was good pressure. You know, what we did was we removed the safety net. We said, you know what? I'm not going back to Bay Street. I wasn't happy there. So why would I put myself back in that, that position? And if we had that safety net, that thought, if I thought I can always jump back in, I didn't believe I could be successful in real estate because I was looking back instead of looking. And so it was the mindset of, we're not going to fail. We're going to push through. We'll figure it out. And, and, and I did. And uh, my first year, um, I think I made about 80% of what I would have on Bay Street, which was not bad. I, was, I still outperformed the average realtor. But the key was that instead of working 60, 70 hours a week, I worked 30 to 40 hours a week and I, and I got some of my, my work-life balance back. And then when we did have our son, I was doing well. I, I did better the second year than I did my first. But again, I had this amazing opportunity. I got to have all this time at home with my wife and my son, which I wouldn't have had if I was on Bay Street. And at that time, um, I was with that tech startup. Uh, brokerage and we had grown from 15 to 40 agents um the company was doing well i was doing well um but the owners approached me because they were they were salesmen inside and out they knew the company was doing well they didn't they weren't didn't have anybody managing it so they approached me to take a step back almost and help them with grow the company and they made me um the director of uh, business development and finance. And I put some systems and people in place. Um, again, going back to my, my background, I, I looked at the big picture, identified the gaps, either plugged them myself or found the right people to do so. And over the next 18 me months, we went from uh, 40 agents and myself and the team helped grow it to 210 agents. 
We increased revenues almost 400% over that time. We helped launch out in Vancouver. Uh, we helped launch three branch partners. And um, I also, on a personal level, welcomed my second son during that, that 18-month phase. So life was quite busy. Um, I was still selling on the side to friends and family. And I was loving it. I was, I was, I got to marry both worlds and I, I didn't know I could do that. And it was a great, great time. So, so you were able to actually balance your passion, your job, family, everything was coming together. Yeah, I was on cloud nine. I thought this is great. And the other thing I had realized, I enjoyed giving back. So as we were growing the team from 40 up to 200, we had a lot of rookie agents. And my approach with them was, hey, these are the mistakes I made. These are the missteps I had. Uh, this is what I found has been successful. So I ended up getting into coaching those agents, putting together training plans, trying to uh, avoid the pitfalls for them that, that I had encountered in other agents in our company and industry had encountered along their journey. So, and then it got like it does in most businesses, things got a little bit political, <laughs> right? And, um, and at that point I decided, you know what, it was time to take back ownership again um, because the only thing I didn't like was I was an employee again for part of my role. And they were great. They gave me a great opportunity and I had quite a bit of autonomy. But at the end of the day, I was still an employee and I wanted to be an owner again. So I decided to make a switch. Um, the model that they had was great for a new agent. I didn't feel like I could grow with that model. And that's one of the other reasons I made a change. And so I went to uh, a brokerage by the name of uh, Keller Williams. They're, again, they're, they're quite big. Uh, worldwide and they're really known for their training and education and they also allowed me an opportunity to be a coach within within their brokerage and so that was uh let's see that was 20 2018 middle of 2018 and um you know i, I jumped back into sales full-time um and i was going to coach these these agents that were coming on board as well and I ended up with 40 agents um, under my wing and I was coaching and, and selling and having a great time. And, and then the pandemic hit in March <laughs> and, uh, and we had everybody in this industry had to pivot. And um, I noticed a good friend of mine who was with, uh, with another big brokerage made a change and he went to a company by the name of EXP Realty and they were out of the U.S. They were a full-service real estate brokerage that was cloud-based, which kind of tied in hand-in-hand with the new world that we were facing with the pandemic. And I had reached out just to send them my congratulatory uh, notes, and, and we got to talking, and, and he said uh, to me, he said, gee, come, come work with me. Let's build something together. I really believe in this model. You know, check it out. So. He gave me the information on the brokerage, on their model, um, and they were, they were cutting edge. They were technology focused. Everything was online. They created this online world where you could interact with, with other agents worldwide. 
they had over 60 hours of training online every week. They had, uh, they made you not only stakeholders, but shareholders because they were a company that was publicly traded. And just for being a productive agent, you got, you got shares in the company. And I thought, wow, what a novel concept. That's, that's almost like having a pension plan for realtors, which, which nobody was doing. And then the other great thing was if you were coaching, training, and attracting agents to the company, they were paying it forward to you by, by giving you what they call revenue share. So they were sharing their revenues back with the agents that were helping grow the company. And that was really exciting to me. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I just thought, okay, this is a better way of doing real estate. And uh, two weeks later, I I made the jump, and um, my partner and I now uh, we're uh, we're up around fifty five agents in the last over the last uh, eight months or so, and uh, yeah, we're looking to grow this. Hopefully, by next year, we're hoping to be at um, a hundred, hundred and fifty agents by this time next year is our goal. We've gotten away from wanting to run around and sell. And, and we want to really just help build up the new agents, um, the agents that are, you know, in the middle of the pack and they want to make a jump to the top 10%, that kind of thing. Um, so we're offering them great training, uh, coaching through myself and my partner. And uh, we are filling any gaps for them as new agents. So we are, we are spending the money to get the leads for them. We are spending the money to qualify those leads and helping feed them and help them build their business. And we're teaching them to become purposeful entrepreneurs instead of just agents running around opening doors. Yeah, so there's a lot of information in that one. Yeah. So once the pandemic hit, you didn't panic. You, 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 you know that you've been stacking a lot of different skills and you are passionate about both worlds, finance and real estate. Yeah. And this new company, EXP Realty, they seem to be uh, moving, like you said, to the new world. Everything is cloud-based. And I can see why it's very appealing, right? Because previously, in the, in, in the few years before, you were starting to be more passionate about giving back, helping others. And this seems to be a perfect vehicle to just take it to the next level. It definitely was, and it was a model that allowed us to grow our, um, I guess, almost like a team without formally having the headaches of managing the team. Because what ends up happening is um, when you get busy in real estate, uh, the first thing they tell you to do is hire an assistant because that will buy back X number of hours for you every week. Um, So you can focus on your your, you know, your top 20%, which is going to generate the highest ROI for you in your business. And you can give the mundane tasks, the admin work and all that stuff to your assistant. And then you hit another ceiling. And then they, the next step would be to go out and buy, uh, hire a junior agent, you know, to open the doors and do the showings and things again, that then aren't the best return on your time and your investment. Uh, but to do that, you obviously have to cut that person in and, and, and split that commission 50-50. But, you know, you should be able to take your business, let's say, from 50 transactions to 80 transactions by doing that. 
and you're only going to share on on 30 of those transactions. So you're still ahead. But now you're managing two people, which is a is a drain on some of your time. And I, I shouldn't use drain. I think drain is the wrong word. But you're um, reallocating some of the time you would focus on generating the big money leads to you know, um, something that's not revenue generating, which is managing those people. Um, and then the traditional model is you keep hiring more agents and you start taking a bit more of a step back. But when you start looking at your ROI, it's actually coming down. With EXP, you can work as hard as you want. Each agent is independent, although they're part of your tree. So as you grow, they're part of your tree and you can bring them in as much as you want or let them flourish as much as you want on their own. And that's what we loved about the model. Um, So when they are having a down cycle in the year, they can lean on us to help fill that gap by giving them qualified leads. And we take 50-50. Those are leads we couldn't service anyways. But we help that agent push through those those tough times. And then they give back to us by also going out and attracting good agents that they've interacted with to bring them on board. And so that helps us grow our tree um, and really, really create a sense of community and culture, which I didn't think was possible online. But we're running weekly training sessions now where we routinely have 60 to 70 people. Uh, on a two-hour Zoom call, and everybody is engaged. We have two, you know, we we start with sixty people and we end with sixty people two hours later, which is which is phenomenal um, from my experience. So, you know, we're really looking to take this to the next level and really, really change and disrupt the industry as it is here in the GTA. Yeah, it even sounds like the pandemic gave a big boost to that model of of operating. It's been huge. Uh, when I joined at the beginning of May, uh, their stock, which is publicly traded on NASDAQ, was trading around $7. And uh, yesterday, this stock was um, around the $43, $45 mark. And that's, that's phenomenal growth during a pandemic um, over a, um, what is that, about a six-month period. And, and if anybody that is listening to this conversation is interested in looking uh, at joining uh, that company, joining your team, do they need to be already real estate agents? Or, or Yeah, I mean, the best thing would be if you're, you already have your real estate courses done and you're, you're uh, ready to be licensed. But we will also speak to people who are in the process of getting their license, who are you know, halfway through their courses. Uh, they're welcome to jump on our weekly coaching calls so they can get a head start while they work on finishing their coaches uh, courses through the uh, the real estate colleges, and they can reach out to us directly. Um, I, we can we can set that up, I guess, at the end. Or I don't know if you want me to to plug that now, but yeah, you feel free to <laughs> to share the information. Yes. Um, so if they're looking to to find out more information, they can reach out to me directly by phone. Um, it's 416-428-3063, or they can email me at uh, gerpreet 
which is G-U-R-P-R-E-E-T, at thethinnedgroup.ca. And um, they can get in touch with me, and and we can set up a Zoom, and, and we can get uh, move forward from there. Yeah, and this just proves that no matter how the world is changing, there's always new opportunities that are open for more people. Yeah, um, Ori, I don't know if we mentioned this in our previous conversations, but the one thing I really worked on this year was my mindset. And, um, you know, I was good at organization. I'm good at reading information and absorbing it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but really seeing things from a different perspective and the right mindset has really helped take me to another level because, you know, the pandemic hitting a lot of agents in the GTA were, um, just taken out. They just said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm going to I'm going to go back to what I was doing before or I'm just going to shift gears and get a regular 9 to 5 job. And I viewed it as an opportunity. It was a time to pivot, to change because the traditional way of things um you know was working but we had to change because of the pandemic. I I enlightened it to um you know taxis and Uber. You know, 10 years ago you would have said there's no way I'm going to get into an unlicensed car with a stranger uh, that I'm going to call to my destination through my phone. And, or, you know, it's the same as Blockbuster and Netflix. You know, I used to love going to Blockbuster. You would spend an hour trying to figure out which movie you wanted. Um, and it was it was almost like uh, Russian roulette. You didn't know what movies they were going to have at stock when you went on a Friday night, and which ones you know were already taken. And if you didn't get there in time, the blockbusters were definitely going to be gone. So, and now you spend an hour on Netflix trying to figure out what to watch, but you're in the comfort of your own home. You don't have to get out in the cold. Um, you know, you don't even have to put on, you know, pants and all that stuff. You can just sit in the comfort of your home throw the popcorn in the microwave and you're ready to go in, in a couple of minutes. And that's what I feel like EXP is doing for real estate. They're disrupting the traditional model, which works for a ton of agents. You know, there, there is a place for them, but they're looking forward and they're saying, Hey, we don't have to be in an office 24 seven. We don't have to be, we don't have to open shop in every location that we want to be in physically with brick and mortar we can do it digitally uh, in the cloud and and the beauty of this model is there's over 38,000 agents by their last count in in six different countries worldwide they've got expansion plans to to open four more uh, countries uh, over the next couple of months and their target they just let us know uh, this week is to be at a hundred thousand agents by the end of 2021 uh as are projecting some phenomenal growth worldwide and myself as a as a team leader or as a, an influencer in the industry i'm not bound by growing my team just in the gta now they're launching in india you know where my parents are from so i can i can launch a real estate team in india and manage them from the gta and the model is plug and play, which is 
fantastic. And it, we tweak it, obviously, for each country and each nation based on how things are done culturally and, and rules and regulations. But 90% of the model is the same. And, and we all get to share in that growth. And, you know, I, can, I love to go to Mexico every year. And, you know, I've, I've got a, a small timeshare property out there. I can grow a team in Mexico now. And as when I go for, for, you know, with my family for a vacation, I can add an extra week and help grow the team down there and, and be involved in that growth. My brother lives in the U.S. You know, I can go out there and, you know, grow a team there as well because that's, that's somewhere I frequent because my family is there. So I'm no longer bound to a 20 or 25 kilometer radius of where I live in order to grow my team. Um, and that's that's really got me excited for the future. Yeah, definitely, it uh, uh, opens the world, right? Yeah, yeah, New definitely person. does. And I think one of the things that that you mentioned that has put you in a position to take advantage of all of these opportunities is that from early on you tend to invest in yourself and get better. So, to that intent. What advice would you give someone who is uh, 18 years old or in the early 20s, they are starting to look at this crazy world? What can you tell them to, to get going? Um, if I could go back to my 18-year-old self, um, the first thing I would tell him would be to, um, like you just said, you know, invest in yourself. I, I didn't know I was doing it through education, what I would change is I would actively seek out a mentor. I would say to my 18-year-old self, find someone who is, who is where you want to be five years from now, 10 years from now. Reach out to them, have a cup of coffee, ask them to be your, ask them to be your coach. And many people are willing to do that for free because they also want to give back because I truly believe humanity as a whole is inherently good and they want everyone to succeed as a as a whole so i would say reach out because by doing that you're going to speed up your learning curve exponentially and where you where you'll be you'll hit your five-year plan probably in three years and if you keep doing that every and you keep reaching out to the next person and it's really important to give back as well so start giving back sooner because i re truly believe now this universe, what you give, the more you give, the more you give, you get. And if you're giving back, it will come back to you tenfold. And, and don't be afraid to pay for coaching. I think that was the, the biggest lesson. I was always looking for free things. It was like, well, you know, I can read a book and get the same information out. Why do, why do I have to pay this individual a couple hundred bucks a month? And it's not about the knowledge that they're imparting. It's about the accountability. It's hard to be accountable to a book, <laughs> right? So um, for me, it would be seek out a mentor and find an accountability partner and don't be afraid to pay for it. Because if you're investing in yourself, you will reap the rewards of it. And it may not be immediate, but you will definitely reap the rewards of it. Awesome. There you have it. For everyone that is listening, uh, yeah, follow 
your preach advice. It, it shows and it pays. Very wise words. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure having you uh, uh, in this podcast today. And I hope everybody got some value out of it. And definitely, uh, I got value out of this conversation. So until next time, uh, we'll see you around. Thank you, Jorge. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, you reached out to me a, a couple of weeks back. And through our conversations, I can honestly say I, I've learned learned about learned more about myself over the last week and a half. And I, and I really want to thank you for that. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. My pleasure. Goodbye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Unstoppable Leaders Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. You can also grab a copy of our framework for increased productivity for leaders. It's called The Five Elements, Foundations of Success, and you can get it for free at lmiadvantage.com forward slash elements. Inside the framework, you will find five elements on which to build the foundation to consistently move the needle every day, every week, to achieve more, do more, and become more. Once again, it's lmiadvantage.com forward slash elements. Let this be a reminder for you to be unstoppable in business and life. See you next time.